from the nation's capital, this is The Screen Lately Show on Choice FM UK. show on Choice FM UK is brought to you by Clean Home Decor. Get your home looking sharp at clean with a double E homedecor.com. Emmanuel and Claire Animasigo with you on Choice FM UK. Good afternoon everybody and thanks for listening. From our studios in central London this is the Screen Lately Show. Two hours of movie talk, TV talk and music inspired by the movies. Thursday afternoon from 4. We're broadcasting online at choicefm.uk, on Mixcloud and on Twitch. We're also streaming at bohemiauphoria.com and screenlately.com. Remember to hit subscribe on YouTube for all the latest clips and highlights from the Screen Lately show. You can also follow us on Twitter at Screen Lately. This is the show where Black Lives Matter, not just on screen, but off screen as well. Coming up between now and six o'clock, we have three heavyweight guests on the Screen Lately Show. Kicking it all off with Kiki Palmer, who's in London to promote the Disney Pixar release of Lightyear this weekend. She'll be talking to us about that and also a busy summer with regards to Nope, starring Daniel Kalia, and a whole host of other things. Also with us on the Screen Lately Show is Femi Oyaniran, an actor and award-winning filmmaker who also has an entrepreneurial spirit and he'll be here to talk about that and a whole host of other things. And completing the set is Crept, one half of Crept and Conan, the musicians. He's here to talk about the launch of Nana's Baby this weekend in time for Father's Day. 
07548 806 927 is the WhatsApp number where you can live chat with us in the studio. That's 07548 806 927. Email us news at squealately.com or you can send us a tweet right now at squealately. All that to come between now and six here on Choice FM UK. I wanna 
on Mixcloud and on Twitch. From the nation's capital, this is Choice FM UK. Okay, we're off and underway here on the Screen Lately Show. That was Love Don't Love Me by Eric Benet from the movie The Brothers. And obviously on the Screen Lately Show, we're all about music inspired by the movies. A lot more of that later on. Kiki Palmer is with us momentarily to talk about the big movie release of the week. And that is, of course, Disney Pixar's Lightyear, which we had a chance to see, as in me and Claire and the kids, at Odeon Leicester Square last week. Vanessa Phelps was there. Claudia Liza Vanderpree from Channel 5 News was there as well. And obviously all the children, which is what the film is all about. In a moment, like I said, we'll hear from Kiki, who was on the blue carpet, as it were, this past Monday. Here's a clip from the film. Buzz Lightyear mission log, Stardate 3901. After a full year of being marooned, our first hyperspeed test flight is a go. Who are you talking to? Uh, no one. You were narrating again. I was not. Just doing the mission log. You do know no one ever listens to those. I know that. Narrating helps me focus. Ready, Captain Lightyear? Ready as I'll ever be, Commander Hawthorne. This is exciting. A new adventure. I'm going to grant you four minutes to be off planet, but then you come right back to us. To infinity. And beyond. You are clear for hyperlaunch. Beep boop, beep boop, beep boop. Buzz, that was utterly terrifying, and I regret having joined you. Buzz like you to Star Command. Come in, Star Command. Why don't they answer? Hey, hey! Shh! The robots! The what? What is happening right now? Alicia? Oh no, that's my grandmother. But, Socks, how long were we gone? Meow, 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 meow. 62 years, seven months, and five days. What? I hope you're ready for action, because all we needed was a pilot. For what? To destroy the alien ship. I have a plan, and I have a team. Darby can take any three things and make them explode. I do this, and they shave a little time off my sentence. Okay, and what about you? Well, I thought this was gonna be like a fun boot camp workout thing. <laughs> but it is not. Did I get it? Pretty close. I need the, you know what's saying, the harpoons? Buzz! Buzz, right here! Probability of survival with an inexperienced crew is 38.2%. Hmm, seems a bit low. Mission failure imminent in three. Grandma always said she believed in you. Two. One. That was a big swirly do. Oh, I think I need a bag. No, no. Please record your last words. Do not vomit inside the vehicle. Do not vomit inside the vehicle. If you are satisfied with this recording, speak or select uh. one. To infinity. Are you trying to get me to pull your finger? Don't fall for it. No, not like that. Ugh. Sorry, it's a thing your grandma and I used to do. Yeah. Sis. <laughs> How are you? I'm so well. It's Claire. I'm Claire from the Screen Lately Show. We're Wonderful to meet you, Claire. Choice of family. It's an absolute honor, sis. And listen, I went to see the movie this Saturday, VIP screening, with my one-year-old and my three-year-old. And that was an experience in itself. But what really gave me so much joy and it made me think about my childhood was that my three-year-old was saying, mommy, 
she's astronaut, she's astronaut. And I thought to myself, I don't think as a child, I'm 36, when was we seeing children, you know, ourselves on the screen in that way? And I just wanted to kick off our questioning today by asking you, like, how important do you feel that it is for black girls to see themselves in what we would traditionally say is a masculine environment, space, you know, taking charge, ruling the world, leading the, the pack? What would you say, you know, the film does for, for young black girls watching? Man, I think, like you said, the representation of being in the space, it then allows us to see ourselves in that space. You know, it's it's um, it's great that it's that way, but it's also hard, right? You know, because you, you don't really know that you can do something until you see someone similar to you doing it. And so that's why representation is so important because that's kind of gives you that extra push to, to visualize you in that career or, or following that dream. And so with Izzy, it's like not only do we get a person of color, we get a black person, but we get a black woman. So it's doubly, you know what I mean? You get to see a female in charge and then you get to see a black female in charge and also getting the respect, whether, you know, coming from Izzy, uh, but also really also her grandmother. Alicia, who had all the respect in the world, which is why she was such a huge inspiration to Izzy. 100%. And is that what kind of attracted you to the script in the first place? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, Disney, Pixar, uh, that attracted me to it. Buzz Lightyear, I'm a big fan of Buzz. I'm a fan of of Toy Story. Um, And I just knew that the project would be great. I think for me, you know, with Disney and Pixar, you know, as as I've continued to grow up with them, they've always continued to make sure that they follow the evolution of the time. And, And let's represent everybody on screen. Let's make sure that all the faces and the people that have always been there get the prominent, uh, the, 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 the real respect and prominence that they deserve. Amazing. And I could notice through the film that there's a lot of morals. Disney have a beautiful way of kind of slipping it in so that the, the adults are like, hmm, I'm leaving the cinema checking myself, you know. Yeah. And I really thought about the theme of team spirit. And uh, it made me think about where we are right now, kind of coming out of a two year lockdown where we've all been really kind of like separate from each other. What do you think the film kind of says about that team spirit, camaraderie, working together? I mean, I think the movie is so much about teamwork. So, so, so much about it. And also not being afraid to ask for help, um, which is something I think we all feel worrisome about, you know, especially if we're usually in leadership positions or we feel like, you know, that is a sign of quote unquote weakness when actually it's more so a sign of weakness to not be able to reach out and and say when you need help. You know, a true leader knows when he has to or she has to reach out to someone else and say, okay, you know what, things are getting scary. You know, okay, wait, I need you. And they know how to collaborate. That is really what you need in a leader. And so I love that in the movie that it showcases also being a leader means a lot of different things at a lot of different times um, and being able to figure out what that is, you know, which is why it's not easy. That's true. That's true. And obviously Buzz is kind of fighting himself in a way, old versus new. And that's obviously age. But again, I think there's sort of like a, a rebirth that somebody goes through. And I think what you're touching on with regards to that leadership quality, mm-hmm. who, I was, who I am, sometimes those old, old tricks aren't going to work for the future. Yeah. You know? And I think... And I think that goes into take when it comes to, again, 
Disney, Pixar, they know how to create uh, something that allows you to take so many messages and then they all come together at once because old versus new, representing the new time, moving forward, uh, you know, all of that connects to the overarching, you know, concept as it pertains to also representation and all these different people being um, seen in the film and different positions of power and leadership and what it means to be a hero and, you know, it doesn't always mean you standing in the front, you know, all of that stuff. It all just ties uh, together in such a really cool way. Beautiful. And Kiki, you know, in terms of kind of more representation on screen for women in STEM, science, maths, is that something that you'd want to do personally in a sense of maybe direct or produce in the future? Yeah, I mean, I really would love to direct. I directed my first film this past year, uh, wrote it as well, and I really look towards the future to being able to produce more and just be more behind the camera. I love being in front of the camera as well, but I really am excited to, uh, you know, just evolve behind the camera and, and tell stories in a different way. So that really excites me for sure, yeah. Superb. And is there anything that's coming up as well this summer that we should know about? Or um, I guess the main thing outside of what, what you know, obviously Lightyear, which I'm very excited about, is Nope, uh, the movie that I just did with Jordan Peele and Daniel Kaluuya. I'm very excited about that movie as well and can't wait uh, for, for to be able to share that with the world. Beautiful. Kiki Palmer, thank you so much thank for joining you. us on the Screen Lately Show. Absolute blessing. And everybody go and see the movies in cinemas this Friday, the 17th of June. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bye -bye. We love you. I love Take you care. too. Bye-bye. soundtrack from the film Toy Story, which was released in 1995. 
I don't even think Kiki was born then, or if she was, she was probably one year old. And that's obviously to recognise the fact that Lightyear is with us in all cinemas from tomorrow, like I said earlier. Big movie release of the week. Talking of movie releases, we've got the Bohemian Euphoria film of the week, of course, every week here on the Screen Lately Show. And this week at the Apple Tree in London, there is an in-person screening of Princess of the Road, which, of course, we featured on the Screen Lately Show a couple of weeks ago in our infamous interview with Morgan Freeman, who's one of the executive producers of that film, along with Laurie McCreary, and Eddie Gathegi, who stars in the film, who's one of the producers. So you can actually see that film in person at the Apple Tree in London. That's at number 30, Clark and Well Green. That's part of Cinema Sundays by Bohemia Media. And that's this Sunday. For more details, go to the website, bohemiamedia.com, or follow the Instagram handle, the Apple Tree London. That's Cinema Sundays, Princess of the Road, this Sunday, in person, Rest assured, though, Morgan, he would like to have been here, but he won't be here. But you can watch the film in person with a bag of popcorn or for a fiver at the Apple Tree London this coming Sunday. Right, still to come, we've got Crept here on the screen lately show. But before that, we've got Femi Oyanirin. Bohemia Euphoria Film of the Week on Choice FM UK. Amplifying the voices and stories of underrepresented people through film. about things that mean something and they can actually help to move things forward. Do you believe? Joining me now on the Screen Lately Show is Femi Oyaniran, a very good friend of mine, award-winning filmmaker. Um, I'm pausing because you actually do quite a lot of things. Um, yeah, I do. I do. So I'll, I'll, you do the honours. So what else do you do apart from be an award-winning filmmaker? Which is I mean, the most, the most, the most important thing is that I'm an actor and filmmaker. Um, I still love acting. Um, I don't do it as much, but I enjoy it. And also I'm a filmmaker, which is like my primary job. Like that's my day-to-day thing. And um, yeah, I think that's it. I think we could talk about all the other stuff, but because I do have lots of other interests, like, you know, we 
me and my business partner own a stake in a basketball team. Um, just like London's top tier, like only top tier basketball team. So like our team, London Lions, plays in the BBL. Um, we've got a stake in a bunch of other little businesses that we're interested in. I think the idea is that whatever, like you want to be shaping culture in lots of different ways, but primarily. I am a filmmaker on a day-to-day basis. That's what that's what takes up most of my time. Now you do a podcast as well, don't you? Cut the chat. I do a yeah, I do a podcast, Cut the Chat, which is on IATUS at the moment. Um, I've been doing that. We've been doing that before podcasts were called podcasts. We were doing that, we started that in 20, 2000 and the first episode went out on January 2010. And so, and that was a YouTube show. And we had that as a YouTube format for years. And then even before YouTube, at this hour, I'll tell you how long ago it was. It was before YouTube allowed you to have, you could only have videos that were 10 minutes long. You couldn't have videos longer than 10 minutes on YouTube. I remember, I remember. This is how long ago this was. And then um, we then turned that into a podcast because we felt like that was an easier format to stay on top of and because it cut out all the editing time. And now everything's like coalesced in that podcast and now have videos and all of that stuff. So we we will reformat in the show and it will be back soon. So yeah, cut the chat. That's with myself, DJ Ace um, from BBC One Extra, my friend Damon, who's like one of the leading barbers in London, and Lee, who's a comedian and taxi driver. And why why did you film the podcast in the first in the first place? Why did we film it when we started it? Form it, form it, the whole idea of... No, I think I think it was more like, you know, we wanted a space for black men to have conversation, young black men. At the time, we were super young. Now we're not exactly the youngest <laughs> black men. But yeah, it was a safe space for us to have conversations that wouldn't other, otherwise be had. And um, that, was, that was why we did it. The aim of the podcast is to... And then we'd interview people like, you know, we, we, I'd invite my friends on. So at the time I was good friends with, um, Ed Sheeran. Um, he was on, I was, I was like, you know, I'd Ashley Waters on, I'd everyone, everyone, name them, everyone, like, you know, at that period of time we, and we did specials at the Tate Modern, we did a special at the Roundhouse, but again, these were all like, you know, sort of me leaning into my relationships with, with, the Tate, the Roundhouse and all these different places to um to give the podcast a platform. You touched on culture earlier. How important is it? Why is it important to build culture and platforms like Cut the Chat? And obviously um, in terms of your filmmaking journey, in terms of building that culture, in terms of the distribution, the people that you work with, how important is it to build that ethic and that ethos? in everything that you do? No, I think it's it's about community building, everything that we do, right? It's about building bridges within our community. And not and I'm, when I mean our community, I'm talking about, you know, initially like the black community and then sort of like more globally, the human community, whatever, whoever that is, right? And so for me, um, I think it's about, like our work is about impacting other people and influencing and shaping society through the work. And also that's not just about film, that's that's within everything. I feel the most important 
aspect of of what I do and the most exciting stuff that I do sometimes is not even within film. It's about the opportunity that film affords me to be able to be it. Like, you know, there was a time I was going into prisons. I was thinking about it the other day to like teach kids film and acting. And it's funny, every so often I bump into some of the kids that were in prison and they're men now and I don't even recognise them. And they're, 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 they've got jobs. Like, you know, I used to bump into one of them at, at Waterloo Station all the time. And he would like, just remind me, I would, every single time I didn't remember remember him. And he'd be like, Femi, it's me. And I'd be looking at him like, bro, who, who are you? But then um, it just shows that you can influence culture in whatever way you, you, you feel like using your primary skill as a launch pad for that. Now, when you when you talk about culture, and I guess throughout this series on screen lately, we've kind of talked about Black Lives Matter. And obviously, in years post-George Floyd, there's been a significant difference in the way Black creatives um, have been seen and valued and represented on screen and off screen. Um, Give me your take as to how you, you've seen the industry kind of respond to Black creatives and Black creativity. I mean, the industry has responded by, by affording opportunities to people for sure. And like, you know, it's not really changed for me because like, you know, we, my business model, my business partner's business model is based on like creating opportunities for ourselves and creating opportunities for other people rather than like, you know, waiting on the industry or like, we've never waited. We've just always gone out and done our own thing. And that's like been our strategy. And like, but there is like, the industry is a lot more receptive and people want to do business more. And like, you know, I feel like George Floyd definitely changed the world. And there's a lot more, the industry wants to work with black creatives a lot more, I think like, you know, and that's not, not even necessarily me, because like I said, it's not really changed my approach. It's not really changed my work. It's not really changed how I work. But I see with my peers and contemporaries, they've been afforded a lot of opportunities. And also, um, I feel um, I feel like the thing that really needs to change, though, is that, you know, black black people need to globally need to have more ownership and more control of the of of the platforms and um and of our own projects of our own ideas we just need to have more ownership of it because actually the only thing that has changed is that the more black talent is being incubated into the existing industry rather than us being afforded the opportunity to create our own platforms and our own um projects and our, have our own ownership of like and that's what like you know for me and Nikki like joining the London Lions that's about ownership you know we need we that we we were able to get super into it because of ownership and all of these things matter like you know who owns things matter and I just feel like that's not changed enough why did you want to be an actor because I like performing I like I really as a kid I really, really liked performing. It was like, there was almost like two sides of me. Like, you know, I would be, was I ever really chilled? No, I was always performing, you know? I like, I like, I like the, the, 
being in the spotlight and not even in a vain sort of way i just feel like it was what my it's part of my purpose is what i'm called called to be like you know i like some people oh my gosh find it really hard to do speeches and stuff like that and like to stand up in front of people and all of that stuff i've never had that problem i've always been one to 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 enjoy and shine in the spotlight and so that was a big reason why I wanted to become an actor. Um, and it's very funny, like doing other people, doing characters that are not you. I get a lot of joy from that. Like just assuming roles, assuming characters that are not you. Like you do it so well that people believe it's you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, who are your influences in terms of coming up through the ranks, as it were? Do you know what? For me, like, you know, I'll say, like, obvious people, like, like, Denzel and, and, um, Will Smith and Sidney Portier and people like that. Probably Sidney Portier the most, like, in terms of, like, just being, being so active in that, in a time that wasn't, you know, open to black talent. You know, it's hard now. Imagine how hard it was then. And so, um, definitely. But do you know what? I once went, when I was in college, I once went to watch a play um, at the Riverside Studios and it was a fellow. And it was, um, there was a, apparently this guy was, might have been 18 or like, he was 18 when they started the tour, right? And he was this young black actor. And it, Basically, it's Nonso Nosy. And so Nonso was in Othello, and I went to watch it as a college student at the Riverside Studios, and I was like, that's what I want to do, acting. I want to be like him. I remember, like, watching him and thinking, yeah, I want to be like him. I later, obviously, I've met Nonso lots of times since. And also, I um, later discovered that he went to my school. Wow. And so did Femi Oggins. So random. Okay. So random. But yeah, anyway. But yeah, I later discovered he went to my school. But yeah, I when I was at college, I went and I sat there and I looked at this man on stage and I thought to myself, yeah, I want to do that. I want to be like him. So that is like, there's like moments, there's key moments that really trigger something in your mind. But like, I, I genuinely think that was um, a catalytic moment. Catalytic moment, yeah. whatever the word is. Catalytic. Uh, no, don't get me started. Yeah. <laughs> so, was was filmmaking always part of um, the strategy or building the CV? Or I mean, how Remember, did how did that became? How did Remember, that become I, I started making films when I was young. Right. Like, I started really young in the industry. Yeah. And um, you know. My first film, it's a lot. I was saying to someone the other day, it came out when I was 25. I made it when I was 24. And yeah. so like I started like super young on the on the filmmaking front. Are we that um, old? Huh? Are we that old? Because I remember it's a lot. Like it yeah, was that was I was I was 25 when wow. it came out, I think, or 26. But I made it when I was 25, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it came out when I was 26 or something like that. But ultimately, um, for me, filmmaking, filmmaking was important it's for two reasons, right? Reason number one, I 
came out of uni, I took a year out of uni, I studied law at university, I went to the London School of Economics. I, I came out, I decided that I was going to do acting full time because I'd just been in adulthood, which was a massively successful film. And I didn't get that much work in the year after adulthood. And I decided to go to law school. And when I went to law school, I get offered a novelhood and Demons Never Die. And they were made by guys that I knew. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can make a film too. But before that, in the gap year, when I wasn't getting that much work, I made a, a short film called Fresh Off The Boat, which I think you screen at Bath. Um, and... Um, I was trying, I was trying to do things in that year. And in that year, my gap year, made fresh off the boat. I made cut the chat. I started to do cut the chat. And I can't remember what else I was doing. So I was, I was starting to create because obviously people don't like to talk about No Clark anymore. But I came out of like a film that was made by that man. That was, that was, he, he wrote the script, was a struggling actor. He wrote the script. And then he used it as a platform to have his, like, you know, a career. And so um, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. That model's worked. And so I, I, I decided at that moment that after I left law school, that the only way I was going to remain in the industry was if I make my own films as well. And that was when I started trying to get it. So a lot made. And then to bring that full circle to Purple Gecko and you formally creating this uh, powerhouse with Nikki, uh, Nicholas Limting Walker, for those that don't know who, who Nikki is, and then Babi Isako, and then, of course, Victor Adiboden. Yeah, so Purple Gecko is a weird one because Purple Gecko was Victor's company, right? So Victor fully owned Purple Gecko. Now, I make this a lot. I've been in the industry for a minute. And then Victor was always contacting me for advice about this show he had called Venus versus Mars. I was always giving him feedback, like, you know, uh, about what he was doing with the show. And then um, he messaged me one day saying, oh, I've got a deal with Sky. They want to do the show. I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow, you've got a deal with Sky. Well done. Um, but I don't, I need help with the paperwork. I don't know anything about any of the paperwork they're sending me. And, but I'd known Victor from when I was 11 or 12. I went to um, a thing called Summer University in Islington. We both grew up in that area. Right. And I met him at Summer University. I met him and a bunch of his friends when I was about, yeah, when I was super young. And me... Me and Victor kind of didn't really speak. We'll say hello when we saw each other type thing. We knew each other from the area. Anyway, cut a long story short, I help him out with the Venus versus Mars deal, puts it together. And then at, it came a point after Venus versus Mars, he was like, oh, I want, I want us to work together full time. And that was when we became partners in Purple Gecko. Like, so... But prior to that, me and Nikki had already done it a lot. Me and Nikki were already working together. Me and Nikki had a company, a separate company, 
that was and how we did it in a way was that me and Nikki's company at the time was solely focused on film and me and Victor's company was a TV production company and so um and obviously Babby was our main writer at Purple Gecko so like she would a lot of her stuff we would take out to broadcasters we'll try to pitch and that was our main you know that was the squad that was how how it was divided up and um and that was how Purple Gecko came to be in in my life and um yeah that's that was the structure and then after Victor passed away um this was in 2018 yeah so then I decided to like um, to double down on working with Nikki and um, Nikki and Babby. So after Victor passed away, I carried on developing projects with Babby. We've got a development. I've got. I've got. I'm co-producing, co-developing one of our films with Idris Elba's production company. Um, I set that deal up. Um, and because again, it was like important to me to to use my relationship at that point after doing writing on Turn Up Charlie to not just facilitate my ideas, but to facilitate my peers' ideas. I'm always passionate about, like, not just pushing myself, but, like, moving as a unit. Um, And then me and Nikki then decided, like, you know, we doubled down on that and carried on making film. And I've been developing as, as individuals, but both as... As a, also as a company, so we've since more recently made a documentary, The Evolution of Black British Music, we're finishing that off now. And Nikki and I are now trading as fan, fan studios, which is Femi and Nikki Studios. And um, and that's, you're going to be seeing that a lot more in terms of the work and the output and what we do. And talk to people about the contributions that, Victor has made to the industry and also Nikki as well. So obviously I know them both hardworking. Yeah, I mean, I mean, pays off, you know. I mean, Victor is um, important because Victor was a first of a kind. I don't know anyone else in the UK that has got an online TV show onto Sky Living. Um, him and Babby did that. They did that. They created a show that did that. And we, we when we're making the intent we got to a point where we ran out of money because it was a completely independent film um victor like had a screening at his house with all his friends and some of them put up money like you know and so if it wasn't for him that film wouldn't have been finished in a way like or we would have finished it but it would have been harder to finish you know and so um so if it wasn't for him we wouldn't me and nikki wouldn't have brought that to life and so in a way it was um he was great because he facilitated a lot of people's visions. And not just and I'm just talking about in reference to me and Babby or or like, but then there were like lots of other people that he was working with and he was trying to help or he was helping that, you know, always giving advice, always like, you know, sort of like trying to create platforms for people, like even like Letitia Ektar, like he put in everything he made. Like literally he did, he put her, he was always like looking for a way to put her in stuff. And so like, you know, he was just always, um, was a loyal person. And again, he, he was loyal and he liked to move 
like a unit. And there's just something very admirable about people like that. You know, for me, I just like people that, 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 what's the African saying about, you know, you, you travel so, alone. You travel child, all of that. Yeah, or you or you the one about traveling alone or traveling with company. Like, you know, like yeah. like I think Victor was definitely one that wanted to move as a unit. And then of course there, there's the foundation which is in his name, which was set up um shortly after his death. To, to talk to people about the foundation and why that matters. So we wanted to like carry on Purple Gecko, um, but then at the same time. I, just, I I personally couldn't do it, like because like Purple Gecko was a Femi and Victor going to meetings together thing, and it just felt it was too fraught for me. There was like too much, it was too emotionally charged for me to be trying to like run around the industry like we used to. Put this, I dropped out of TV after Victor died. I didn't do TV. The first time I'm doing TV since was like 2021. And so um was that so Turn did, Up Charlie, was it? No, but Turn Up Charlie I did at it was purple. It was um Turn Up Charlie I wrote on right. at the same time as the intent. That was the same time. Right. So I was right. doing Turn Up Charlie and the Intent too at the same time. Wow. Um, yeah. um so yeah, for me, I just feel like I couldn't do TV like because without Victor. And so I just dropped out. Um, and I what what I said to Natasha, Victor's partner, was why don't we um set up a foundation in Victor's name? Like and and like just build the foundation. And so we started building a foundation and then we decided like, you know, rather than like wait to do like like um a big launch or whatever. Why don't we launch it with a program, with a mentoring program? And so the foundation, the core group in the foundation is myself, Victor's partner, Natasha, um, Delzy, Victor's best friend. I actually met them at the same time, like when I was like 11, 12 years old. And um, Victor's sister, what a cool group. And then there's other people that help us. But yeah, the idea behind the foundation is to do programs to do activations, to do charitable deeds for the industry in Victor's name. And yeah, long may that continue, the Victor Adiboden Foundation, which I was uh, delighted to speak at a couple of months ago. And I know you guys will do great work to continue to um, hold Victor. So, thank you. Thank you for speaking as well. We really appreciate it. No, no, it's very important, and and as as you would have heard that day, it was very emotional for me as well because uh, we just come from the funeral of our pastor. So yeah, you know, it, if we didn't know already, just got to make every second count in this world because you just don't know um, when your number's called. So obviously, with everything that you're doing, what we're all doing, you know, um, long may your health be in good order, and that your family, I know. Um, obviously you're a family man as well and I see that your your son is now with you everywhere on set what, what, what's it like bringing your son into this mad industry of ours I mean I didn't bring him he brought himself like you know my <laughs> my, old, my older son is um is multifaceted he's like very like he's quite dynamic in that he's 
really good at lots of things. He's really academic. He's good at sports. He's good at acting. He's good at everything. And so, like, what I love about my son is that he's like, you know what? I'm just trying acting out for now. People ask him, do you want to be an actor when you grow older? He's like, yeah, it's just something I'm doing. What are these conversations like for me? Because I've got daughters. Is it yeah. something you impose or do you wait for them to initiate the conversation? How does no, that I mean, I didn't. I didn't. So my son said to me, he wants to do acting. Mm. So I speak to one of my friends who's an acting agent and say, look, my son wants to do acting. She said, come back in a few years time and I'll, I'll see if I can represent him. He came back, he did his first audition, he got the job. How old was he? Um, seven or eight, I can't remember. Wow. This was during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So that was two years ago. That was, yeah, so he was eight years old. So he gets the job. And then his younger brother wants to do acting. So that's who he wants to act. Okay. This is the funniest thing. Younger brother wants to be an actor. He, he's like, you know, I'm just trying. He could do anything. Like, you know, my older son could do anything. And for, for my kids, I don't really want them to be actors or this or that. I just want them to be successful and happy. Mm. Like, and I want them to define their own success. And, um, you know, I want them, I want to facilitate their dreams, whatever that may be, at whatever point that may be. But at the same time, I want them to be happy. Like, I want them to live happy lives. And I don't want them to... Um, to feel like they have to do acting or production or they can do whatever they like, you know. I'd love for them to want to do acting or production because it's easy, I can help them out. Like, But at the same time, you know, if they want to do it, it's up to them to, to design their own futures. It's like, it's like um, my parents or my mom didn't limit me. She, she let me do whatever I wanted to do, like, you know. But at the same time, for me, I think what I say to the boys all the time, it's important to do well at school. It's important to have like good academics behind you because if it wasn't for that, I wouldn't be where I am today. The reason I've been able to do so well in the industry is because uh, I have a law degree. I am I am quite academic, and all of that stuff makes a difference. You know, when when you're when you're going out to the world. Sure. Well, much love to you, Femi. Appreciate your time today on the Screen Lately Show. Um, I'll take this opportunity to thank you for being the Buff Awards host for all these years and that you never get bored of doing it. So I, I hope we can get that on recording that you'll never... Uh, <laughs> you know what? La you know what? Last year, last year I was really tired. I was really tired. And I said to myself, you know what? I'm going to make this a stand-up session. And so I <laughs> ate lots of sweets. Yeah. I ate lots of sweets and um I went I'm not even joking, I because it was in a cinema, right? Yeah. So I just got a bag of sweets and, <laughs> and, just... and then there's the vodka. Oh yeah, no, I didn't have vodka. Oh, did you not? You no, was, so the first thing in the room that didn't touch that vodka. No, I didn't touch it because when I'm tired, right? I don't really drink that. Like I don't because I'm like when I'm tired or sick, I don't really like drinking because it just makes you feel worse. Like and so um and so I didn't touch it. But ultimately, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, it was a really fun night because it was, I was like, Mr. C came up to me and said, you should do, do stand-up. So maybe I should, maybe I should try stand-up. That might be a fun challenge for me, actually. I just, 
actually, that was a question I wanted to ask you in terms of pivoting. Because you talked about law, then going into film. Is there another pivot to come? Because obviously you're an entrepreneur, but that's not technically a pivot in many ways. So is stand up the next one? Yeah, uh, do you know what? If create, you know what? Creatively, I just feel like there's there should be no limit to to like what you you do. You should be able to express yourself creatively. Like I said, I've always been into expressing myself creatively. In, in performance-based creativity, you know? I've always been into that. I've always been into to writing and, like, you know, creative writing, stuff like that as a kid. And I saw my friend, Yinke Lori, the other day. He's a designer. And we we went to school together. I've known him since I was 11, 12, right? Like, we literally used to sit next to each other in the school. Now, this guy, I went to his studio, right? And I said to him, Yinke, remember, like, when we're in design and technology and you made like a CD rack and I made a CD rack or your CD rack was lit and mine was just rubbish. And we're both laughing and we're like, and I said to him, Yinko, we're just different versions of what we were in school. Mm. Mm. Like in school, I was the kid that was performing. I But at the same time, I was the entrepreneur. Like I was, I was selling CDs and chocolates and and name it in the playground, like, you know, to, I was I was that kid. And so in terms of, like, the entrepreneurial streak, that's not even new. That's something that that we were. That was something that I was in, in secondary school, like, you know, all, like, 20 years ago. Like, and so ultimately, I don't know if there's other creative pivots, but doing stand-up and doing it well must be so rewarding. Mm. Definitely. Imagine just telling a joke and people, like strangers laughing at your joke. That's a talent. Most people are funny to their friends because they've got shared, shared stories, shared context, shared background. But like dude, standing on stage to strangers and making them laugh, that's an incredible skill set. I so reckon I should try it. On the real, because obviously I wrote the scripts for the awards. What would you say my writing is like as a standard? I think you're writing, you don't write the jokes, you write the script. <laughs> Obviously, there's, there's jokes in there to see whether there's a laugh. Ah. What are you trying to say there? I deliver the jokes. <laughs> I deliver the jokes. I bring the jokes. You write the script. You write, you write. So I treat your script as a as a as a launch pad right. for, for the jokes. Okay. So there's no career for me, basically. In- uh, uh? There's no career There's for no, as a comedy. I mean, you could be a, you could definitely be a, a, a comedy writer if that's what you want to do. No, <laughs> you should both. Not, you should be a comedy writer. It's not. And I should be a stand-up comedian. <laughs> that should be our next careers. Oh dear. No, it's just you know I'm just letting off steam. You know, <laughs> Claire thinks I'm not funny. She would tell me to take things out. Even no, even, let's do it. Let's no, do it. I've. I think this is what we should do. I should be a comedian and you should be the writer behind the comedian. You should write. Okay. You should write my stand-ups. No, I'll hold you to that. I'll hold you to that. Let's do it. Femi, thanks for your time on the Screen Lately Show. Before we go, mm. and there's just more questions that I should have asked you already. Do you remember Choice FM back in the day? Yeah. Okay. What's your favourite track? Like, of all time in from the movies? Because we ask all our guests. What's your favourite track? From the movies that we're going to play out after this interview. Oh my gosh, I can't even. That's so hard. Not even from your own films that you've made, then. Um, 
Do you know what, yeah? I'm thinking, like, because I'm a, I'm a family man and I love my kids, yeah? I'm thinking um, to pick something. Um, there's a Spider-Man song. So my kids, my younger kid, right? He wants to be an actor. My younger kid loves soundtrack songs. Wow. Okay. So he makes you listen to the album from the soundtrack, from films. So in our family, my older son like likes the music that the adults listen to. He wants to join in. So he listens to I'm a piano. He listens to everything that we yeah. listen to. My younger son, however, likes soundtrack songs. So I think I'm gonna pick um um Spider-Man, um, the Sway Lee song. And I can't remember what it's called. It's called um I'm gonna find it quickly. It's called um it's called Sunflower. Sunflower from Spider-Man, yeah. Post Malone and Swaley, which is a recent song. And um, like my kids love the Spider-Man um the black, the Miles Morales Morales cartoon. And they just used to batter that soundtrack more. I used to listen to it with them. And so yeah, so I'm gonna pick that because that's the only the only, literally, when you ask me about movies, songs from movies, the only songs I could think of was like, was like um, Will Smith and DJ Khaled in in um, in Aladdin and Twaley <laughs> inspired because those are the movie songs I listen to all the time. Yeah. And Moana and 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 stuff like that because my my younger son, who's like nine years old, is really into songs he relives the movies through the songs crazy wow. he'll love this show because that's what our show is all about any music you hear on screen lately is inspired by the movies so he's back to all the episodes you no know i liked as a kid though even though the film was rubbish <laughs> wild wild west What's oh it? don't say that that's what we're going straight to <laughs> the wild wild west that was i thought that was big yeah, and do you know what song was good as well that I liked as a kid as well was um Rugrats with Mace and Maya. They they had a, they made the main song. Okay. This okay. is like these are really like the Rugrats song is quite good, to be fair. It's called Take Me There. I wanna go there. Take me there. The Wild Wild West one's a bit corny, but it was of its time. It was great. It was Drew yeah. Hill, Drew Hill and Will Smith doing their thing. Definitely. No, you've got a fan there, definitely. Maybe too much information with the Rugrats, but anyway. <laughs> Femi Oyenira, thank you very much for your time on screen lately. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you. It's been great talking to you too. Have a great day. All right, nice one. Bye.
Looking at you sideways, party on tilt This hour of the Screen Lately show on Choice FM UK is brought to you by Clean Home Decor. Get your home looking sharp at clean with a double E, homedecor.com. Forward March! <laughs>
Mommy got the whole world on the shoulder. Cause they'll cry to sleep to his eyes and beat. And I can't bring Chucky, Chucky to Petro. Chucky gets scared, Chucky to let us go. If I was a rough battle with a bench, so real. Me and my twin would have been just like Phil and Lil. And with one wish, blink, grant you one trip. Where we going this adventure? Who you wanna come with? See, give my little brother that I'll come get, run with. But it got to be done quick. Yo, Chucky is scared, and Tommy is sad. And Phil and Lil missing your mommy and dad. So take your time and date and find a place. And I guarantee you that we all get home safe. Welcome to the Screen Lately Show on Choice FM. It's an honour to have you on. Bless you. Um, As one of the most prolific musicians turned actor presenter on shows like the BBC Rap Grain, we've seen you starring in The Intent, produced by uh, Buff Awarded filmmaker Femi Oyinaran, and now as a seasoned entrepreneur, you're moving into the space of skincare, a world that I know really, really well with my Dr. Claire hat on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fascinated because for me, you've almost, not almost, you absolutely have had the career I absolutely dreamed of having. You've done music, you've done film and TV, and now you're moving into this space with your family, with Sasha and Nala for Nala's baby. Can you just give us a sense of childhood? Was you always, did you always have that entrepreneurial spirit or is it something that's developed over the years? Um, no, I would, I would say that I've always kind of been like that. And I think when my friends realised it was <clears throat> when I was in school. Right. I, I used to, um, basically, I used to go to, um, I think it was at the time, Safeway. Remember Safeway? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Safeway. And then I used to I buy that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I used to buy like um, drinks and sweets in bulk packs. And then I used to come back in school and sell them and make a profit. And I, and I was doing that for ages. And I was, and I, I remember I, I ended up building like, you know, nearly a thousand pounds in at school times, like from, from doing that. And everyone was like, nah, nah, you've got something in you. Like only you would do something like this. And then, um, and then, and then there was another time I think this was the time when everyone was like, nah, you, you, you're, there's something about you. I remember we, in my school, we was trying to get a, um, like a, a little kind of, uh, like not community, after school, like um, activities um, going. So we needed equipment and, you know, stuff that we can kind of create our own little youth kind of after school activities, keep us off the streets kind of thing. Obviously the school said, you know, they don't have, the, the budget to, to do it so then I ended up um getting everybody from basically all year groups on a subscription of paying 20p um, uh, <laughs> a day I think it's 20p a day wow. and everybody was doing so I had them on a subscription for a few weeks and everyone was paying 20p a day and then we eventually made the money to go and 
and and and do it. And I feel like from then it was like people was like only you are the only person that would have been able to pull this off and get everybody to do this and like create some subscription so that we can all get our little center going and stuff like that. So I feel like I've always had it in me to 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 do that and be you know like a, a businessman and that's always been like something that I've always had at the forefront of my mind and you know even throughout our music career like I've always thought I want to you know get into business and um yeah I think it was you know it was when I remember when Diddy was saying something like yeah music makes millions but business and fashion or this and that this makes 100 million and I'll never forget that he said something like that can't remember word for word but I just remember him saying like basically like you know it's not just the music it's all these other aspects and you know I've always kind of taken that on board with um what we've done me and Conan so yeah 100% 100% I just had the sense that it wasn't just something that started as you were in the music that you must have had experiences in school that informed that you was a leader, that you were thinking entrepreneurially, that you were somebody that could be trusted because with much responsibility, you know what I mean? You have to trust, yeah, 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 definitely. So the music's going, when did you get a sense that it was a good time to kind of diversify outside of music? Um, it was just something that we kind of just always wanted to do. I think as well, when we, we, was, when we signed our record deal, I think we, when we got in our record deal, we was like, um, I think like a few years into our record deal, it was like, oh, like these record deals are a bit intense, isn't it? Kind of thing. And and it was like, you know, we thought, oh, do you know what? For us to actually really, really, you know, expand and make good money being in these kind of record deals, we have to like broaden our horizons, man. And I feel like that gave us the 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 that extra drive as well. Even though we've always been like, yes, we want to do other stuff, business and this, that, and the fourth. But that was also another driving force that made us more like, okay, cool. Like we're not gonna, you know, because a lot of the time people get into record deals and then years later they're like, oh, they start having outbreaks about their record deals and this, that, and the fourth. We was just like, nah, this is what the deal we're in. We're gonna, you know, get through it in a positive way, and you know, what I'm saying, and 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 just do it amicably and you know just get through it this is what what the deal is and this is what we sign let's get through it let's not dwell on it let's just put out music and get through it and also with the back of our minds just think we just need to work extra harder now in it and and do other things as well so that that also was a bit of the inspiration behind you know us wanting to be you know in that space so um yeah I'll definitely say that 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 played a, a big part in it as well Fantastic. And having a Caribbean uh, kind of background, do you feel that you kind of use those early experiences as well, which informed Crepton Cones? Or yeah, I, do you know what? You see, I feel like like when you know, when I go, I go to Jamaica, and I just feel like when I went to Jamaica as a kid, I just see everybody was hustling, like everybody was you know trying to 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 make money in different ways selling this and that and I feel like that was also something that was embedded in me from you know being um a, a young boy as well even just just seeing that and then you know when when it came to crepes and cones it was like it was it was a no-brainer for, for us to kind of infuse our heritage in in that as well like Conan's dad is a a, a famous reggae star and to name a source after him like the reggae, uh, uh, like you know, 
you know, after seeing Levi Roots with his reggae, reggae sauce, then, you know, we thought, yeah, let's make our own sauce. Like, and then we was like, there was Island sauce. And then, you know, people came in the shop, they loved it. And yeah, man, I feel like that that's also important. Like, you know, to never forget kind of where you, you, you come from and always kind of Im- embed that in your journey as well. And we've done that even in music, you know, sampling Beanie Man, who was a good friend of Conan's father as well. So like, you know, everything kind of makes sense when we do things and it always, you know, has like a background story to it or like we don't just do things for doing things sake. Like with the restaurant, it was, you know, it, it made sense. Like in the name, we had the name and everyone was like, yo, this this makes, this actually makes sense. And it works for our name and it, it's such a good play on our name. And, and, and you know, so that was the, the the inspiration behind actually doing that or when we do samples and on Caribbean samples this because you know this is where we're from and this makes sense to you know what I'm saying so everything that we do we always don't want to just do things but we want it to make sense as well and you know we always wanted to get into TV so when we was doing our radio stuff we made sure that we gave it our everything because when we initially was doing our radio show, for example, they gave us, I think it was like six episodes. Wow. That was it. And then we was like, all right, if we go the extra mile on these episodes and we bring guests down, we create a show, we make it fun. We actually, because they had episodes, they used to give artists episodes prior, but it was just more the artists would get their DJ down and play some songs and that's it. The artists probably won't even go in there. But we was like, no, we're going to go in there. We're going to film this. We're going to make content. We're going to make this all fun and actually make this into a thing because, you know, we want to get into presenting TV and this, that, and the fourth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we done that with our, our our radio show, you know, we got a lot of interest in terms of, oh, wow, you lot are actually really good at this. Yeah. So that's when, you know, the, the, the rap game and that BBC opportunity presented itself. Okay. You, know Thank you. you just answered my next question i was gonna say <laughs> yeah 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 because <laughs> no but that's true it's like it's almost that one because you gave something that was you know kind of like an entry level mm-hmm. you put your power behind it your energy you're already planning for that next stage exactly almost predicating it by saying because we're giving it our all it's gonna lead to it's what gonna lead to are. something yeah man and i feel like that's how you need to okay. see yeah, yeah, that's how you need to see things in general. Like, it, it might just, like, don't just see it as, like, oh, a money opportunity or just, a, you know, oh, yeah, we're just going to do this and then that's the next thing. Like, put your all into this, make it the sickest it can be, and then something else is going to present itself. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's what we spoke into the existence, and that's exactly what happened. And now we're on season four of the rap game. So. It's insane. Like, I remember I was watching episode, well, season one and two, and... Um, I was just thinking about what was you guys were going through letting people go, knowing that you've been, each of them, at a certain point. Do you know what I mean? You've wanted the deal so bad. You've wanted to change things for your city, for your family, for your community. Yeah. And there can only be one winner. So those decisions in the background, we only get like 30 minutes of it. Mm-hmm. But the conversations that you and the other judges must be having... Do you know what I mean? Have you ever had a situation where you've let someone go and then you've kind of regretted it? You don't need to give me their names, but just, just that moment where you thought, nah, that was our real winner. Um, go again, I'd do it different. You know, like Alan Sugar always says. Yeah, 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 yeah. What? No, like there's it, every, like all the seasons that we've done, mm. there's always been 
like it's always been a difficult choice between someone and someone else. So like, like the no first clear season, no clear winners. Yeah, like isn't like the first season Kiko won, but there were so much people that wanted Foss to win, and like it was literally. And then you know it got it got so oh, difficult that we just put out a poll ourselves and was like, who do you think should win? And we had to see who got the most votes, and mm. you know Kiko won that with that. So we was like, you know, according to us, the people are saying Kiko, um, but there were still people that was like, no, Foster the one, Foster the one, and this that and forth. And then you know the same with zones and graft in the in the next one. It was like loads of people's like zones and loads of people's like graft and it was just like yeah man it, it's always been you know a difficult decision um I, I don't regret any of the, the decisions that we've made do you know what i mean because it doesn't stop the other artists from shining they all still get the same recognition as the next one and then and the winner do you know what i'm saying they might not get the prize at the end but they still got the recognition and they can still use that opportunity to kind of leverage and and and, and go from there do you know what i mean so um yeah, I, I would definitely say there's been hard decisions to make, mm-hmm. but I don't regret any of the decisions I make. Nice. Yeah. And obviously, you and Conan, you're, you're, you're starring in the intent. I think you all, Conan, did um, Shiro's story before it went on to Blue Yeah, story. Conan did that. Yeah, yeah, Conan did Shiro's story. That was sick, yeah. Incredible. And obviously, the franchise has grown now, but thinking about, say, your, your, your moment in the intent one, do you think movies is something that you'd want to go into a bit further? Because your character, everyone laughs at your <laughs> in the cinema at the <laughs> West End and it was insane. Yeah. Uh, so congrats. But um, it's a little while ago now, and obviously mm-hmm. they're now planning for number three. Mm-hmm. Um, is that just a space that you want to explore a bit more as well, actually acting and the whole journey of that? Yeah, yeah, no, we definitely love to kind of explore that route. And, you know, and if I, if I ever did acting again, Again, I'd want it to be a role that is not like similar to you know what they would know us for being. Like, I would want to do a random, different role to bring a different kind of side out. Do you know what I mean? Um, so genre, maybe like sci-fi or rom-com, or yeah, or just something. Yeah, that's completely yourself in the sense of like remove yourself completely. Exactly, and be a completely different person. I would. That's, that's something I would love to kind of try and do and get into I think um yeah so but yeah acting is definitely something that we would love to kind of do and explore especially Conan Conan loves it <laughs> excellent well look it's Father's Day coming up on the Sunday and um, you're launching Nala's Baby um, with your business partner and co-parent Sasha Mm-hmm. named after your daughter Nala which is a beautiful name I've had two children myself in the last two years so have you? Uh, I've got yeah. your back on the sleep deprivation and <laughs> like, you know. I really want to know because I think women we discuss this all day long on social yeah. media you know Sasha's a beautiful woman she's an influencer so there's going to be people that are just going to gravitate and relate to her specifically but you're a dad and that's a beautiful accomplishment and you're very much involved from what I see in here. Mm-hmm. And what I want to know for you, like, how has fatherhood changed you? And then um, talk about Nala's baby. Yeah, yeah, no, um, to be honest, it's changed me in terms of my priorities. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I always used to put, like, business or work first and then everything after. And then, like, ever since she was here, it was just, like, she made me realise that there was nothing more important than spending time with, your family and friends and actually taking a step back out of whatever it is you're doing 
and just spending time. Do you know what I mean? And because when she was born, I, I dedicate myself to be like, do you know what? I don't care what's happening. These are the, these are the days I'm going to be with my daughter and that's it. And, and because I've been able to do that and everything's still been okay. I've just, it's just made me realize that, you know, I can do that a bit more in general. Do you know what I mean? And, and it's made me realize that, you know, I need to spend more time with, you know, family and friends and you can, you know, cause when you, you know, when you, you're doing businesses and you're doing this, that and the fourth, you always think, oh, I ain't got time. I'm so busy. I've got to get this done, but you can like set time to reset and just enjoy the time that you have here because you're there chasing all of this other stuff. And then time goes, time goes. And then, you know, before you know it, some, you know, someone who was trying to spend time with you is too old or it's too late now, or it's, do you know what I mean? And it's like, because we didn't enjoy the now and spend time now. And she made me realize that, you know, just spend time now with, with, with your loved ones and your family and friends and stuff. So she changed me a lot in that aspect. And um, yeah, she's really helped my morning routines because now I wake up at 7am every single day and I am, <laughs> so uh, my, body clock, my body clocks yeah she, my body clocks on Nala's body clock so nice yeah <laughs> she's a beautiful relationship isn't there with dad and daughter yeah and man. it really looks like you now that I'm looking at you really quite close up she's <laughs> in me with you she's an image yeah, no. and, 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 and as well like she's she's made me a lot more like hungry in terms of just making something for myself and leaving something behind because I, I thought about it I was like I do music but what if my daughter doesn't like music or she's not into music how is she going to benefit from my music like and it was a case where I was like you know what, as well I need to kind of think about that like I want to be able to leave something that you know oh, she, she got she got property she's got a restaurant <laughs> got a couple albums <laughs> a couple know? things <laughs> You've got great things and obviously now something that is actually in her name yes talk to me was that a was that a moment did she have particularly dry skin or some skin issues and you thought that you wanted to do something personally about it so, so there was there was two different spikes of like um motivation for this the first one was before she was born so we didn't obviously know she would have had eczema then so it was sasha was using um a rating app called Think Dirty, it rates products from basically 10 to zero. So how clean they are. So 10 being like the worst and zero being the cleanest. <laughs> so everything that she was using or getting to, to use on herself. And then obviously when Nala was born, because we was getting loads of gift sets and, you know, baby shower gifts and stuff like that. So all of those products that we was getting, we was putting it into the app and none of them were rating zero. Like a lot of them were rating eight and <laughs> five and these are the products that we think these are the clean products these are good for you in the standard four and so we was like so wait there's no zero rated product anyway and me with my business hat on was like okay we need to be we need to do that then we need to make the first zero rated clean you know baby skincare range let's be the first to do it and obviously we didn't have a clue where to start but you know i just feel like you know if if you try and you, you know, there's always someone that knows someone that can help you with something like, do you know what I'm saying? It's just a case of networking and asking. So I was, you know, I thought about it, contacted a few people and then um, I contacted someone 
Um, and they was like, oh my God, this idea sounds amazing. Like, I'd love to kind of help you do it. And then we kind of just got to it for like a year and a half, found a manufacturer. And obviously with with the um, the baby product, like when we took it to the manufacturer, they was kind of looking at us like it was crazy because we was like, oh, we want to make the most natural. We want it to be, you know, suitable for sensitive skin, like eczema friendly, tear free, vegan, cruel, like cruelty free, alcohol, all of this, no sulfates, no power. And then, and then we want to make it at a price point that is accessible. So we don't want to, because usually with those products, you don't like 15 pounds, 20 pound a bottle. We was like, so there was like, how much do you want to sell it for? I said about five pound 50. And they was like, so you want to do all of this, make it this natural and you want to sell it for five pound 50. And we was like, yes, that's exactly what we want to do. Can we do it? And it took us a year and a half just to formulate it, just to get the formulation back and forth, to get it to be the most natural we we could get it to. And um, yeah, we actually did it. And, you know, we actually did it. So that was so difficult in terms of there was so much research, so much stuff going into it. Um, You know, like they initially came back and it wasn't like, as clean as we wanted it to. I think we initially rated two on Think Dirty and then we was like, no, we need zero. So let's go back to the drawing board. What do we need to change? Like, and then we was literally like, There's, we're not stopping until we get this perfect and this is the best. Because, you know, there's, there's, there's that thing where, you know, you can be who you are and just say, I'm releasing a brand and skincare and people will just buy it because of who it is. You know what I mean? But we didn't want to do that. We wanted the product to be great without us. Yeah. Like, we wanted we didn't want it to be about even though yeah it's called Nala's baby but it's actually the product on its own is an amazing product you know what I'm saying and we wanted to basically be like we want leave people no reason to buy basically buy anything else because we wanted to be the same price as them same price point we wanted to you know tick all these boxes that these other brands don't tick and we wanted to be the most natural and the cleanest and the first zero rated so we managed to do that and that's what um, took us so long. And then when Nala was born, she did develop eczema. So then she had eczema really badly. Okay. Well, has eczema really badly. And everything that we, you know, because we didn't have, we only just got the samples probably, like the final samples recently, not recently, but like a month or two ago. Yeah. So this whole time we've had to, we just, we've had like little samples and we can make that stretch for like a couple of days and it's gone. But <laughs> we didn't have the full, like a full bottle of the product. Mm. When we was using it on Nala, we would see that it was nice and it, it complemented her skin, but then it was gone again. And then we had to be forced to use other things. Yeah. And everything was just irritating her skin. She was itching till it was bleeding. And we was like, no, man. And then when we finally got the product range, we was able to like fully just be like, okay, we're only using our products on Nala's skin in terms of our bath, wash, our bubble bath, this, that, and the fourth, the, the body butters on her skin and lotions, oils. It was like, we're only going to use this. Let's see now that it doesn't irritate. Because we're not, we're not we're not saying, oh, we're curing this, we're going to cure it. We're just saying that we're going to make a product that doesn't irritate and make it worse and, you know, that's suitable for, for it. But we definitely was thought about the ingredients and we definitely, in terms of the ingredients, the ingredients are a lot, we have a lot of anti-inflammatory ingredients that, you know, soothe skin and that's what we wanted to make as well. So, you know, 
we done it and then we done like a, a, a trial of Nala basically and just said from here on we're only using Nala's products wow. and if you see the difference in her skin like it's crazy like yeah it's and it's because we was you know we, my mum was like telling me oh you should get this my dad was saying you should get her this and you should get her that yeah based on their, was, knowledge of, you know, or their experiences of you maybe when you were young yeah everybody used that and i speak to my dad yesterday and <clears throat> when i when when he saw nala and he was like oh my god her skin is like everything's gone because obviously when he has her and he looks after her and stuff, he's always like, she just itches so bad. Try and prescribe her this, try and get her this, try and get her that. And then when he was like, what's, why is her skin just normal now? And she was like, he was, she was like, what have you been using? And we said, we've been using Nala's baby. And he, he was like, look at that. Like we've been searching the, the top and tail for everything else. And the only thing that actually didn't, you know, flare up her skin was her own product. And that's when he was just like, yeah, man, you need to be so proud of this, of what you've done and what you've achieved, man, because this is great. And also, you know, making a product that, like, the price points are not crazy and ridiculous, you know what I mean? So I know, like I said, because, you know, well, like, five years ago, I stopped my brand, but it was called Preme. This is not a plug because the brand doesn't exist, but mm-hmm. um, it was the world's first, it was is recorded world's first allergy friendly vegan natural skincare brand and it looked after eczema psoriasis dermatitis right mm-hmm. honored by the queen for my services to dermatology and so i know this space really really well because i had eczema la 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 yeah. absolutely right my price points for my own baby range within my brand was 15 and up and that's because it was handmade me and my brethren do mixing and crushing and whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. You get to a level where you can hand it over to a manufacturer. You've got staff now. So you want to keep that price point up. For cost, yes. You know what I'm saying? And it's really important doing all those things. What you've cornered um, is insane. You know, in a sense, it's incredible. Um, Beautiful packaging. Thank you. Incredible ingredients testimonials before you've launched because you've been testing it on other people and I've seen that some mums you know 92% of mums are saying that it works on children um and then the credibility of the name of the business Nala Skin is actually improved as well can you imagine if it didn't no, I know. Controller, you can't say. Make sure your skin is is. There's nothing you can do. Like you nothing can't do anything. Do. Like so, it so, was one of them ones where every single box, you know, and that is phenomenal. And that's something you can't fake. You can't fake that. You can't do it. Like, anybody that knows, like you cannot fake. No way. No way. Uh, 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 X in the voice news, I was like, I need to get crept on the show because I love what you've achieved. I want to know that journey, though, because how does a music man, restauranteur, la, 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 get to that? I get it, because you're a smart guy and you've got a child. But, but how? <laughs> well, because Kate sent me the press release and everything. The genuine, um, you know, sophistication of the brand is absolutely outstanding. And that's why I wanted our listeners to hear that, to hear from you what it's all about. Because you can read things and think, is this a gimmick? Of course. Man's just doing skincare now. Yeah, yeah, like it's some joke thing. No, <laughs> you know what? This is, no, yeah, this is a really beautiful situation. You know, it's black owned. It's named after a child who has eczema and her eczema is improving because of the use of it. That's number one. That's a huge testimonial. And then the parents, the Think Dirty app being zero, 
all of these qualities, I just wanted to personally say really well done. It's amazing. Thank you. Coming out this weekend, Father's Day weekend, and that's again why I wanted to talk to you, just about the role you're playing in that beautiful girl's life, doing the skincare brand, you know, and that whole kind of full circle of your entrepreneurial spirit. I just needed to get a sense of who is that guy, because that's quite special and quite (laughs) unique. No, but a lot of guys may not have done it, because of thinking about what other people think. And I think that's something that says a lot about us as Black Brits. We really are always in this kind of trap of like, not trying to excel, worrying about what others may think. It's like, what are you talking about? Yeah, 100%. Because a lot of people think, I ain't doing no skincare. Like, what am I doing skincare? Like, what am I? That's your business. That's my business. And that's actually something that is helping my personal child and other people's children. Exactly. Like a parent, you know, and I know, you'd do anything and you would pretty much spend anything to make your child's life. Oh, 100%. You get what I'm 100%. saying? Like, like when you're sitting there watching your child itching, come on. It's not nice, man. It's not. Like, it's not you nice. Anything to take that pain away or that distress away. So, Nala's beauty, a baby, sorry, is going into 400 boot stores. Now, again, yes. massive congratulations because we know behind the scenes that. Getting distribution is not easy. It's not easy. Yeah, no, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you are. Do you need winning so on for for a distribute like for a retailer to put you into four hundred stores? That's a lot of floor space and retail space that you're taking up. You don't have to tell us everything, but what were the meetings yeah. like? Kind of getting through those negotiations. So, like with um, Boots, mm-hmm. when we initially took it to them. So I made my team go and take it to them because I didn't want them to know who was behind the brand. I genuinely wanted them to say, this is the brand. This is what it does. This is all of the stuff that it's done. These are all the boxes it ticks. Mm -hmm. How do you guys feel about this brand? And they absolutely love the brand. Like they absolutely said, oh my God, like, you know, this is so innovative. Like even the aesthetic of the brand, even you know up like and 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 we have like augmented reality on our bottles as well so like when you scan the bottle it comes up and cartoon of nala pops up and then it has nala says hi my name's nala and meet my friend shelly the snake and then the kids can interact with the snake and pour the put the ingredients on the, the, the snake and then it educates them about the you know the ingredients and says did you know that lavender uses this and this and it's like really educational for the kids and just gives them a bit of insight to the brand and stuff but in a kid friendly way and then they can interact with it put the that the animals to sleep or make them play and this that and the fall so we've got that so you just scan it on the bottle so the bottle is kind of like a toy as well so it's like you know if you're taking this to a retailer mm-hmm. and you're saying okay so we are We've ticked all these boxes. We've got all of these certifications. We've done all of these trials, testing, you know, um, on how many parents and, you know, we've done a massive user trial because that was obviously important to us. We, we, we wanted to make sure that, you know, all these kids with eczema, we wanted to trial the products on them. Does it irritate it? Yes. And then, you know, as you saw the, the percentage of the parents, I was like, yes, it was absolutely fine and amazing to my, to my kid's skin. Um, and that is what they was like, this is a no brainer. And then it was a case of, okay. Oh, and by the way, 
this is who. <laughs> you know, just yeah, and this is who's behind the product. <laughs> and then it was just like, oh my god, this is like a, a no-brainer kind of thing. Um, but we wanted to make it about the product. Like, I want that product. Like, if I do not say a word or mention this product again, that the product will speak for itself. Do you know what I mean? And and that's what we wanted to make. I didn't want to. And and as well, I know that you know people looking at me probably being a young rapper, black rapper, thinking like that I'm just doing the skincare and just trying to do a brand and a business and yo, buy this. But they don't understand the amount of research and work that went into developing these products in terms of like, for example, when they sent back the ingredients list, they were saying, oh, we can't, you know, we can't, we can't change this ingredient because we need it as a foaming agent for the bubble bath or the shampoo. So we need it to foam and, you know, the best ones that we have are synthetic ones that make it foam. And then I went and did my research and was like, no, there's a plant called Quilija plant that is a natural foaming agent. Let's use that. And then, and then, do you know what I'm saying? And they was, they was really like, like educating the manufacturers through yeah, like, this product that it can be done differently. It can, it can. Like and the can. margins are not that crazy that you can still make a product. You can still do it. Yeah, like you can still make it work. Like, do you know what I mean? And like, it was loads of back and forth. Like, can we find an alternative for this? I want to find it. This is what I found. Can we use that? Can we use that? And, you know, there was like, there was so much back and forth and like team effort to make this product what it was. Like it wasn't, it was not a, yeah, just get someone to, in a lab to make a product. This is a, you just want it to smell nice and, and boom, put it on the shelf. So it wasn't like, it was so much thought. Like what ingredients are anti-inflammatories? Yes. If you check off, we have so much anti-inflammatory ingredients in there, like that we wanted to make sure that these things are not triggering Mm-hmm. eczema or sensitive skin and and then even and some people it might even just be the fragrances so we made fragrance three versions even more sensitive than you know the the, yeah, the fragrance ones yeah, even though nala has been using the fragrance ones because they're very very good yeah because they're not they're not synthetic fragrance. they're not yeah do you know what i'm saying but even so we still made a fragrance three version for even you know i cannot wait because i'm rushing down my Goddaughter has had eczema since birth, and all the things you described, the bleeding till it's raw. Yes. She has dietary issues as well as skin issues, but the skin can keep her up. You know, uh, Tash and Chloram put her to bed at seven, but she's not sleeping till 10 some evenings because she's in such discomfort. And as we go into the summertime, do you know what I mean? That that irritation because it's hot and you're itching and sweating. Yeah, exactly. So knowing that you've got a fragrance version and a non-scented version is absolutely wonderful because yeah. you can try both. And if they like both, great. Great. But if they don't and they do fancy like just to make absolute sure you've got the unscented version as well, that is brilliant. And even for me and my daughters, I'm just thinking they don't have skin issues, thankfully. But why not use the best of the best? Best of the best, yeah. It's about anti-inflammatory, antiseptic, antibacterial for everything. And I think we're all in that space post-pandemic. So that's been my lifestyle for a long time. But I feel like I would buy this for my daughters as well because I just want them to have products that have been through the ringer that you've really thought through. And like you say, and I think that's why this interview is going to be so important, is because you're not selling this on your name. Like you just said, Ooh. they went in the daughter boots without saying, oh, yeah, without, just yeah. Thing, please jump on it. Yes. The products work. That's it. 
Then you're telling me about augmented reality and I'm like, look, man, my children need stuff that's going to keep them entertained <laughs> in the bathtub. And it just, it sounds like a phenomenal product that's just going to blow everything we've ever known about skincare up until now for children out of the water. So we're it's definitely, it's definitely out on the Sunday to get our pieces and make sure. <laughs> and you do, you know, in the bathroom, we all use a bit of everything, you know. So parents will probably be sharing this with the children. Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, especially if they're really, really young, you're bathroom with them, you're jumping in to get them out. You, you know, you're doing exactly. You know, like I said, we're going into summer, so there's going to be swimming pools, there's going to be places where they're bathing outside of the home, right, as we go on holiday and different things. So I just think you've created something here that's really, really exciting. You should really be proud of yourself. Is there anything else we need to know about the launch? How can we support it, elevate it, make it even more significant? Um, yeah, just we're, we're launching on the 20th of June. Um, and it will obviously be online as well at, um, on nalasbaby.com. Um, but on there, we're going to be doing gift bundles. So, you know, you'll be able to buy a gift bundle of the bottles. It comes with a Nala's Baby towel, a brush and comb set, and, and kind of just like a nice gift that you can get for whether it's baby showers or birthdays or, or whatever it is. Um, so, yeah, that's that's something that... that um, I feel like people are really going to love. The branding is amazing. So, you know, I feel like it, it, it would be a really, really nice gift set for, for the family. So we do that as well. And then obviously in stores and online. And yeah, man, I just hope, you know, people en enjoy the product as much as we do. Like we genuinely, like I use the product for myself. Like That's I genuinely, I know, I, I feel like I would. Yeah, I, use it, I use it for myself, like, because I got bad dermatitis as well. So... Um, when I use this, when I use, if I use other shampoos and stuff, it just like triggers it. So mm. when I wash my hair and I use it, it like my, when I'm done, my hair is just fine and I'm not, you know, it's not dry out and it's not, and I use the oil as well. And like, yeah, man, I, I like, I genuinely, you know, feel like it's, it's a great product and, and, you know, for me to be able to, like, I genuinely, like if if this wasn't my brand and I'd tried out tried this, I would actually buy this over anything else. Which is, you know, because sometimes you got to take a step out out of you, you know you, this being your thing. And like I genuinely prefer it over anything else that I'm, I, I was using prior. So my hands on it. I want to try. So 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 proud of of what you know we've we've accomplished with with this brand and you know, and also setting you know because you know the they always say everything that's good for you is always expensive, isn't it? So we kind of wanted to break that barrier of, you know, why not make something that's good for you that's still accessible? Do you know what I'm saying? I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, £5.50 is affordable for everyone because everyone's affordable is different, isn't it? But if anybody knows about this kind of level of product and ingredients and cleanliness, you would know that £5.50 for a bottle is very, very, very cheap. Do you know what I mean? So... Yeah, um, you know, we kind of wanted to at least do that and, you know, hopefully, you know, it's it, we, we sell a lot of units because for obviously in order for this kind of business to be successful at selling something like this at this price point, yes. you need to sell in volume, do you know That's what I mean? Right. But God willing, you know, people support it and buy it. And, and yeah, man, we, we kind of changed the way skincare is for good because it's all only all it's going to do is make everybody else up the levels and it's going to make everyone else want to be clean do you know what i'm saying and and it's like if you don't get clean then you kind of get left behind and if we're going to be the first of the innovators to kind of set that 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 
trend and we're happy to do that. Do you know what I mean? Correct. One last thing before I let you go, Um, just as a ritual for our show, we always ask everybody um, just to put you back in a film and TV space. Um, If you could choose one soundtrack from a movie, what would be your favourite soundtrack? One song for us to play out your interview. One soundtrack from a movie? Hmm. Ooh. (laughs) God. Um, this is a very, 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 very. Damn, I think there's so many. So many good ones, right? What's your favorite film, or two or three films? I, just, <laughs> I, just, I, want, I want to give you a I want to give you a funny one. Um, and I need you. <laughs> I'll get it. I'll get it. <laughs> we, we, we'll remember that one there. It, it will. Because he's in the car driving. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Kurt, thank you so much for joining us on this show. Thank you for having me. To rushing down to boots or going on nalasbaby.com. Sunday the 20th is the launch of your beautiful brand. Congratulations to you, Sasha and Nala. And I look forward to following your journey and supporting you in any way we can. Definitely, man. And hopefully, you know, later on we can catch up again and everything's doing amazing. You know what I mean? That part. Thank you so much. Come back for part two. Much love. Take care. Much love. See you. Downtown, walking fast, faces pass and I'm homebound. Staring black we had, just making my way, making a way through the crowd. And I need you, and I miss you, and now I wonder. If I could fall into the sky Do you think time would pass me by? Cause you know I'd walk a thousand miles If I could just see you tonight There's always times like these when I think of you And I wonder if you I need you And I miss you And now I wonder If I could fall Into the sky Do you think time Would pass me by Now cause you know I'd walk a thousand miles If I could just
subscribe on YouTube for all the latest clips and highlights from the Screen Lately Show, including our interview with Morgan Freeman, Laurie McCreary and Eddie Gathegi. That's it from us for today. We'll be back with you at the same time, same place, 4 o'clock on Chesapeake UK next Thursday, unless you hear otherwise. Bye for now. Screen Lately Show on Choice FM UK is brought to you by Clean Home Decor. Get your home looking sharp at clean with a double e homedecor.com.